Good afternoon and welcome everybody into another edition of the Devoted Steelers Podcast. I am the D, as in Dimitri George, joined alongside my co-host. As always, he is the V, Vince Paparella. And Vince, let's jump right into it. Vince, we are getting ready for week two of the National Football League season as the Pittsburgh Steelers get ready to take on the Denver Broncos in the 2020 home opener, which would is going to feel nothing like an actual home opener, but it is in Pittsburgh. It will be played at Heinz Field. Um, but Vince, how are you today? I'm good. You know, I'm excited, uh, for another weekend of football. Uh, last night was fun between the Bengals and the Browns and, you know, excited to see if the Steelers can go 2-0. A little side note, uh, and I didn't even think to mention last night's AFC North battle. Joe Burrow is impressive to say the least in his first two starts. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, um, I don't think I don't think much of Cleveland's defense. Um, and while he put up more, he put up some. I mean, he threw the ball sixty-one times and completed thirty-seven last night and threw three touchdowns, sacked three times. Right. Uh, I, I I think Cincinnati's found their quarterback. Um, so if you're a Cincinnati oh, fan, I know I know you know I know all twelve of you. You know you've got to be excited. They definitely found their quarterback. Um. He is, considering how far along he is, uh, that they didn't have a preseason this year, and you know they asked him to throw the ball sixty-one times, um, and that he if, scored thirty points. Okay, when he's not supposed to. I mean, it's it's, it's if there were it ever a year, if there was ever a year for a rookie number one overall pick quarterback to struggle out the gate, it would be this year. Um, and he's just kind of said, "The hell with that. We're gonna put our best foot forward and." So as a, if you're a Bengals fan, um, you got to be excited. But this is not a Bengals podcast. This is a Steelers podcast. So let's talk week two. Injury report just came out as we're recording this on this Friday. Uh, the only two uh, Steelers who have been designated as out and really the only two with an injury status. Uh, Steven Wisniewski is out with his pectoral injury. He was placed on IR. However, IR back in the day, you'd think, oh, he's done for the season. Uh, according to Jerry Dulac, uh, he should be back within the next three to four weeks. Uh, David DeCastro um, is also out. He didn't practice this week. Again, Jerry Dulac in his post and on the for the Post Gazette said he possibly could be back next week. Um, still, I don't know. I don't understand why there's such a uh, uh, secrecy about his injury, but he's out, which means st- uh, rookie uh, guard and somewhat of a fan favorite early on. Uh, after seeing his highlights uh, when he got drafted, Kevin Dotson, uh, a raging Cajun, will be making his first NFL start on Sunday, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, for the Denver Broncos, former Steelers linebacker uh, Mark Barron is out. Uh, Philip Lindsay, um, kind of their change of pace guy on offense, uh, he is out. He got hurt in the Monday night game against the Titans. Garrett Bowles, the uh, left tackle they drafted in the first round who has struggled. Um, it's questionable with an elbow injury. Um, he did practice limited on a limited capacity on Friday. Um, Tyree Cleveland has a hip injury, uh, wide receiver. He is questionable. Um, he did practice on a limited capacity and obviously Cortland Sutton is questionable with a shoulder injury who practiced all week in a limited capacity as he is just about a week, another week or so, uh, after his, uh, injury, I think he had, um, that happened in practice. So it's interesting to see. We talked about him kind of, I think, offline uh, events. K.J. Hamler is not on their injury report. He will be a go. 
Um, practice fully looks like all week. Uh, the kid out of Penn State who was drafted in the second round, a speed demon. So, um, you know, you look out for him on Sunday. But overall, um, I think everyone was nervous, Vince, on Wednesday when the first injury report came out. Uh, I mean, it had 10 guys on it, right? And, you know, there's some, there's, you know, Ben didn't practice. That was, that was a coach's decision. But then you looked at it, you're like, okay, you got, hey, he's not practicing. Then you got Deontay's not practicing. Juju, Connor, Pouncey, uh, was Newski. And obviously we knew about Banner, uh, Villanueva, to it. All these guys didn't practice. And then by Thursday, all of them but Steven Wisniewski and DeCastro practiced fully. Well, I'm not going to look into that because you have to do the math, right? If they had played on Sunday, the Wednesday would have been a Tuesday, all right? And you have to go, you know, a certain number of hours. I mean, if you've ever played any sort of level, I mean, if I go outside and play football for an hour, you know, tackle or non-tackle, I'm going to be a little bit sore. I mean, these guys had not played football in a year or you know, maybe nine months, more or less to say. You know, they're going to be banged up. So, of course, they're going to give some veteran days off, and there's some bumps and bruises, as Tom likes to say after a football game. But, you know, we're on a short week, and they have to start practicing on Wednesday because they played Monday night. So you're going to have a long injury report. I mean, everything obviously was kind of wrapped up by Thursday when you only had the two major injuries on there and everybody else was a go. So, I mean, you know, you, it's alarming to see at first, but then you think about it, like, oh, yeah, technically it's a Tuesday of the week. Well, I think because, everything that – I think everything – I didn't mean to cut you off. I think everything you said is accurate, right? Obviously, there's going to be there's going to be nicks and bumps, especially after that first game with no preseason. They've had, I mean, that was the first time they were really hitting – I mean, they hit in they hit in training camp. We know Mike Tomlin likes to get uh, go live a lot in, in training camp, um, but that was their first time really playing a sixty minute game and getting exactly. hit. And so, obviously, but I also think too, and I said this off there. While those some of those nicks that they probably those players that I mentioned had for the Steelers, I'm sure they were legitimate. But I also think Mike Tomlin's going to. We might see more Wednesday injury reports might look like that a lot this year. Yeah. You know, the NFL came and docked him. Uh, for not disclosing Ben's elbow injury, and you know, and I I, I, I want to say it was a hundred thousand dollars. I'm not sure that. Don't quote me on that, but it was a lot of money. And I, I you know, he might Bill Belichick this thing. If he's if someone's got a runny nose, they might be on the injury report. Um, so, but yeah, yeah and you know, he was doing his due diligence. I mean, yeah. I, I think that was nothing more. You know, we obviously didn't see anything during the game. You know, for those players that was significant and. Like, you know, if just think about it, nothing really could have happened between Monday night and Wednesday, you know, well, unless they, because all you know, the protocols in place, they can't really be doing stuff. Exactly. So unless they trip going down the stairs, you know, and somebody busts their ankle, I mean, that which can happen, which can happen, but it wouldn't be 10 players Met, on the injury report. Uh, I'm know? a Mets fan. I, I, I've my, my savior in 2015, who required Cespedes steps in a hole and gets attacked by. Uh, well, I forget what it was, but it was on a, uh, on his ranch. He steps in a hole and breaks his – it happens. That's my point. But, yeah. anyway. Um, Anywho. So, so, the Steelers obviously looking pretty solid, you know, um, on the injury front. Yes, you, you know, they suffered, you know, two key injuries on the right side of their offensive line and the back-to-back plays on Monday. Let's start there. So, Zach Banner obviously placed on IR, actually had surgery this morning um, mm-hmm. to repair his ACL. Um, Chooks, a core four, who narrowly lost out to Banner in the training camp battle to become the starting right tackle, will take his place in the starting lineup on Sunday, and he will be there for the you know remainder of the season as long as he stays healthy. Um, 
And uh, then obviously for this week, you know, we don't know what the future for, you know, thankfully uh, Wisniewski's injury is not, uh, you know, the full tear of the pec. So it sounds like he can come back in a couple weeks. Um, uh, and so when they placed him on IR, they did bring up Derwin Gray. Uh, what was he, a sixth or seventh round draft pick for the Steelers last year out of Maryland. Another one of the sixth. Maryland guys. Yeah, sixth. Um, so um, Kevin Dotson, who will, who got hurt early on and was thought to be somewhat of a, maybe a serious injury, got actually, you know, got lucky and it turned out to be not nothing. He missed, you know, I think maybe about a week or so in training camp came on late when the pads came on and uh, obviously played a few snaps on Monday night after uh, Wisniewski went out and uh, you know, he's making his first start against a pretty solid, uh, even though they don't have Von Miller, a pretty solid uh, defensive front for the uh, Denver Broncos. You got guys, uh, you know, like Derek, uh, not Derek Wolf, he's on Baltimore now. Um, Jarrell Casey, who they acquired mm-hmm. from Tennessee, Bradley Chubb, um, just to name a few. And obviously, you know, when you look at, uh, and I still think they have who I, I I'm pretty sure they still have Shelby Harris. Um, and that, cause that's, if I'm, if I, if I, his name is correct in my mind, I think that was when the everything with AB went downhill. Um, the guy that intercepted the pass of the goal line when they were going into, uh, tie the game against Denver in 2018. I think he's still on their team. Um, solid player. Uh, but what position? No, the D tackle for the uh, Broncos. I'm pretty sure his name is Shelby Harris. Uh, yeah, he he's, a, the he's that, a right defensive end. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's still there. He's a solid player. Like I said, I think he was the he was the tipping point for AB after you know Ben kind of went through whatever. But anyways. Thoughts on Kevin Dotson? Are you are you concerned? Are you excited to see him play? I know you love watching off at the line. I know when we, when we're together or we're at games together, you do like to to pay pay attention to the trenches. I know you'll be watching him on Sunday. Yeah, Kevin Dotson is a very exciting player because he was really talked up coming out you know coming out of the drafts, and it's always weird. Like the Steelers or somebody will draft somebody in the fourth round, and you hear like all these positives, and you're thinking to yourself, "Well, why wasn't this guy gone?" You know, two days earlier. Um, but actually watching him, you know, his story was a little bit unique as he did not have an invite uh, to the combine. Um, and so, you know, he kind of had to, you know, he had to go a different route towards getting drafted. But the Steelers are known for doing their due diligence, um, you know, particularly, to, you know, through all kinds of athletes, especially the ones that may or may not get an invite. Uh, and so, you know, everything I've seen so far uh, or heard about, I should say, has been very positive. And the little glimpse that I saw of him on Monday night, you know, I think everybody kind of noticed that pull that he did uh, in the fourth quarter when um, uh, Wisniewski went out. You know, so I, I, you know, I think there's a lot of potential there. Um, Now he will be what he will be on the right side. Yes. So the only thing that makes me nervous is that you know the, the right side all of a sudden is just you know question mark question mark. And you would like to have, you know, ideally in a perfect world, if this was, if this were to happen, you would like to have DeCastro sitting beside um, a core four. A core four, but it's not going to happen. The only good thing that I can say is that a core four has started the tackle before, and they started at Denver, all right. And so this is at home, and there's not going to be crowd noise, so you know, there's not, there shouldn't be, you should say, too many miscommunication issues. Um, with the defense, they're facing. You know, they are missing some players, but at the end of the day, it's a well-coached defense uh, by Fangio because he had a great defense in Denver. They played well last year. Now, of course, they didn't have the injuries that they did this year. Uh, you know, but they're going to be well-coached, and they're not going to make it easy. 
you know, for Pittsburgh. But at the same time, I think Pittsburgh will do enough, you know, offensively to keep them on their toes. So, you know, for Dotson, I'm excited. And, you know, so I am for um, a core four, four because, you know, if he, if they would have said a core four was starting last week, I'm not, okay, you know, they're rolling with it. Uh, so this is his chance. You know, we're, we're going to see the depth that Steelers have to tackle here pretty quickly. Yeah, and I agree everything that you said about Dotson. I think the concerns, I don't, there's no, you know, he's got, I mean, as much experience as you can possibly get pretty much at the right guard position at college. I don't know what the exact number is, but it's 50 plus starts at right guard. Yeah. yeah. Um, no Big concerns deep. for me when it comes to him in the running game. I think he actually might, um, you know, I know they ran the ball pretty well with Benny Snell on Monday night, but I think he actually might really open up some holes in that right side. Um, the concern for me is in the pass protection. Um, you know, he's a bigger, wider guy. Um, I feel like the smaller, quick guys, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I don't know full intel on the Denver Broncos, you know, you know, players. And like I said, Kate Casey's over there, Shelby Harris. You know, they mix some things up. Like you said, Vic Vangio is probably one of the better defensive minds in the game today. He's been in the game for a while. Um, I don't know how he, I, I don't know how I feel about him as a head coach. I think he's got some things to improve on, but that's to be under, that's to be you know expected. Uh, but it's, he is in year two, and a lot of people in Denver questioning his use of timeouts at the end of that game last week. But um, can't deny his uh, defensive acumen, great mind. So you ex- you know they're going to come in, they're going to play solid defense. They're not just going to lay down when they come over to Pittsburgh. It's going to be a, a physical game from from them on the defensive side. You know, I do. They do have injuries, though. You know, like you said, right? Von Miller is a huge one. AJ Boye. AJ Boye, the starting corner who used to play in Jacksonville before that was in uh, Houston, um, who they acquired in the offseason, like they did with Jarrell Casey. He got hurt in the Monday night game. He's out. They placed him on IR um, for a couple weeks. So, no Mark Barron. Right, right. No Mark Barron. And so they, they've got, they're a little bit banged up there on the defensive side of the ball. They still have some. Some guys, though, Justin Simmons is a really good safe that probably a lot, a lot of people know about. Um, they've got, a, you know, some veterans over there with Kareem Jackson um, and the outside, who's probably obviously going to have to step up. Um, so yeah, they Bryce, have, they, And Bryce yeah, yeah. Callahan was the slot guy for the Bears um, before, when, you know, Vangio, I think their first year when uh, they got Mac and Vangio's last year as a D coordinator there, he was a really solid player. Came in last year, I think, I, I was very early in their in their in their training camp. I think he got hurt and was lost for the season, um, but he's there. He's a solid corner, um, best suited in the slot. See how they use him now without AJ Boye. But um, you know they're 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 a well coached team defensively, um, and so like I said, the concern as you mentioned on the right side, um, you have to figure that the Vanjo is going to try to exploit some things, run some stunts, run some. Um, you know, overload that side a couple times and see if they can get, you know, those, the, you know, the two young, uh, inexperienced, uh, you know, linemen to, you know, get confused and hopefully get a couple shots at, at Ben. Um, but I think offensively, uh, or, or, and, and continuing with the, with the Broncos defense, it's a defense that, like I said, it's going to make them, it's going to make the Steelers earn every yard that they get. Sure. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm excited for this. You know, this is one of those things where, you know, you're glad that Ben got that first, you know, action out the way. And as you saw it throughout the game, it progressed. Um, because if he would have had to face Vangio's kind of defense, regardless of what their injuries, that kind of scheme, um, the first round, he might have still been struggling. Um, and the, even if they might have won the game, I still think he would have been struggling throughout it. It's nice that he was able to, not saying the Giants' defense didn't play well, but they didn't play great either. And I think they were a better, a nice warm up, if you will. I don't want to say, I don't want to be disrespectful, but 
you know, the Giants defense stunk last year and they only got, they only played a little bit better la- uh, last week. So um, I think that's good that Ben got that out the way. Um, now he's got a, you know, a nice, uh, he's got, a, he's got his nice, um, um, you know, he's got some rhythm a little bit and you expect it to be better in, in the second week. And every week that goes on, you expect it to keep getting better. So, and this will be a good test for them. Yeah. They were saying, gosh, I forget what I was reading this. Uh, Denver last week struggled to cover like uh, kind of the slot crossing routes. And, you know, that's where Juju got two of his touchdowns this week. So I would expect uh, him to have a relatively big day. And, you know, it's it's hard. Not, you know, we talked about this a lot in the preseason and, you know, through different podcasts. Right now, you, you would assume, like, if you're facing the Steelers, obviously Juju is the best wide receiver. But obviously the next two wide receivers, like, okay, who do you cover? It just depends where they line up. And, you know, you're going to have mismatch issues depending on – because Washington is very different from Deontay Johnson. And then once these tight ends get going, which I, I think they eventually will, you know, you know, are you going to have to – you know, how are you going to cover them? So the Steelers have a good problem in the fact that, you know, they have a lot of, uh, I'll say, diverse ways to attack you at this point. And, you know, if the running game gets going like it did last week, then it just opens up more – options for the passing game and really it's a it's a good recipe to score a lot of points to win a lot of games no absolutely I couldn't agree more um and so switching gears over to the offense I know we already talked about a little bit about uh um the Denver's offense against the Steelers defense it's a young go ahead you you say switching over to the Broncos offense yes okay yeah yeah, sorry I was um so it's a young offense, obviously led by Drew Locke, who got, you know, I think it was a, I think the number was four and one at the end of last year, and obviously lost on Monday night. Um, no Philip Lindsay for them, who's kind of like I said, their change of pace guy. Um, so Melvin Gordon will tote the load, and I expect the Steelers to um, have a similar game plan in terms of stopping the run and being committed to that. Obviously, every week that they will they will obviously go out that with the number one goal to being stopped by the run. But I also think though that. Um, with, you know, a young quarterback, again, second-year guy, they're going to want to make sure that they make him beat them. Um, so when you look at the Steelers' defense, when they look up going against Drew Locke, you know, and, and they have some young receivers, some young uh, young tight ends, you know, no offense, a good player they got. They have former Steeler Nick Vanette at tight end. He's not um, a good player. I, well, I was just pointing out the names of the tight ends, brother. I wasn't saying he was good I'm enough. Just, I'm defense. letting you know what happened. <laughs> um. I'll say that, uh, you know, and they have some young receivers that they're they're excited about, right? You know, guys like Cortland Sutton, you know, I don't know if he's going to play. Um, he's Talented a really good player. Receivers. Yes. Um, Deshaun Hamilton. Is he another Penn Stater? Yeah, they have two Penn State wide receivers. Yeah, K.J. Yeah. Hamler obviously will make his debut. And then obviously um, a guy Jerry that I Judy. like. Yeah, a guy I liked at Alabama, uh, Jerry Judy, who, you know, he can he can route you up. And, in a, in a, in a, you know, on his best day, he'll route you up pretty good. Um, you know, and offensively for the, for the, or for defensively for the Steelers, you know, locks a guy that's got a big arm, can make a lot, can make all the throws. He is mobile, but he is young. Um, and yes, he had, you know, he went on, you know, went four and one at the end of last year and played pretty well on Monday night. You know, it wasn't anything spectacular, but he played pretty well. And, you know, it's, it's a, it, they're still growing and developing and, and figuring out his strengths and, you know, so the Steelers have got to be – they can't take it lightly, and I don't think they will. No, no, you know, no. You know, I think defensively you're going to see them really go after 
Drew Locke. And, you know, under the tutelage of Mike Munchak, their offensive line has gotten a little bit better. As I mentioned, the left tackle bowls that they draft in the first round. Let's just let's just call it what it is. Um, he stunk his first couple of years. Um, and so, again, another favorable matchup for uh, the outside guys and, and, and Watt and Dupree. Um, their offensive line is not, it's not great. And like I said, I, my thought process is that they'll go in with a similar game plan. We're going to load up. We're not going to let Melvin Gordon go run wild on us because that opens up everything else. Um, and we're going to uh, make Drew Locke beat us. Um, that's my take on it. Um, you know, like I said, Denver's got some exciting dumb playmakers that they're excited about. Um, don't know if they're ready to, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not really quite ready to say that they're, you know, top flight guys, obviously they're young and they're inexperienced. So they're still growing and developing themselves. Some of them, it's their second game in the NFL, but, um, it'll be a big challenge for them going up against this Steelers defense. You know, I have to disagree with you on the, I don't think they're going to be nearly as committed to stopping the run. Obviously it's their, like, primarily objective, but Melvin Gordon is not, you know, the same talent no, no. that Sanquan is. And I think, I don't know, like the, the talent on the outside that Denver has has to be a little more, you know, considered when you're doing this. Listen, if, Cor- if Cortland Sutton goes, then maybe, you know, you're not, you're not stacking the box as much as you, if you would. If Cortland Sutton doesn't go, I think, again, you have a situation where, you know, you've got, you've got, you know, your three, your top three corners that you feel comfortable with going up against, you know, um, Judy, Hamler, Hamilton. You know, I, I think those are, I think you're comfortable with that. But I understand your point. He's not Barkley. And uh, I think Dale Lolly, or no, I think Bob Lariola on Steelers Nation Radio, that one of them made a good point that being that there's no preseason and offseason and stuff like that, there's no tape on Joe Judge of what they're going to try to do. So what the Steelers said is, we don't have nothing on this on this new regime. So what we're going to do is we don't give a damn what else they do. I'll tell you one thing that they're not going to do, and Barkley's not going to beat us. So from that standpoint, so they have – this is a second year with this regime for the Broncos. They've had some tape on lock from last year and obviously Monday night. So it's a little bit different from that standpoint. So I understand your point. And – I think Drew, you know, Drew Locke is a talented throw of the football. Obviously, I, I think I have to compliment a lot of these young quarterbacks that are coming in because, you know, they to, all to some level they can play, you know. I, and I will give this, to, you know, also I think they can all play better than the top with the, the next two people on the Steelers roster because I don't think they developed them the proper way or else they misevaluated the talent. I'll, I'll, I'll call that as it is. I mean, at some point you need to stop being patient and say, you know, other people are getting it sooner and these players are not without a side I think Drew Locke is very similar to um Daniel Jones he I think he's a little more mobile um and he has a, I think he has a bigger arm than Daniel Jones but you know I don't think they're very you know far away from each other or on you know on the talent spectrum uh so you know you have to be you have to be concerned of him you know he likes to get out of the pocket he likes to boot out um you know if the Steelers don't get to him in the pocket, then they have to chase him down. Not the Steelers can't do that. But, you know, I mean, he has to be considered, you know, more so uh, than what Daniel Jones was. And, and honestly, I think they let Daniel Jones get away, get away with a lot of stuff. Now, now, Daniel Jones had some great throws. I mean, especially the touchdown, the first touchdown throw to Slayton was a, a very, very good ball, you know, regardless of the defense being out of position. But I don't want to see, like, you know, 
eight or nine, seven guys in the box, you know, and then just letting these crosser routes go. I mean, you have some very, very good wide receivers that you need to be diligent with. And then KJ Hamler will run by you in a heartbeat. I mean, he, he is very, very quick, you know, and so them chucking a the ball up, you know, to KJ wouldn't be, you know, out of the consideration a couple of times. So, you know, I, I don't know, you know, that's how I would approach it. You know, Melvin Gordon, like I said, does not scare me. He can fumble. Um, you know, he's, he's not a game breaker or game record, if you will. So maybe a lot of nickel defense, possibly. We'll see how they have to play it. Yeah, no, and, I, you know, obviously, um, no Phil Lindsay is, is, is big for them. I think he's the guy that they like to get the ball in his hands. Um, and he ran wild them. over them last time. In 2018, right? Yeah, so. Yes. Um, and so, you know, like I said, I, I think for the Steelers, in terms of their each individual matchups, I think – while they the Denver Broncos are while they're zero one and they've got some young guys and a young quarterback and a coach that is still going to his you know maturation as a head coach in the NFL, they're certainly you know a good football team. It's not it's not a team that you can just expect to just walk in and beat them. You know, especially at home, you can't rely on feeding off some energy at home with the crowd noise. There is no crowd, um, and so the Steelers have got to make sure that they treat this game as they should because the reality is Vince, and this is kind of more of a general statement, right? The Steelers, I think, played the second easiest schedule. Now, we know what happens mm-hmm. when the Steelers have an easy schedule. They overlook things, and not saying that this is that's going to be the same theme they for this down. team, yeah. but they play down a competition every now and again, and they can't do it. Not, and I'm not saying that this is going to happen already in week two. The reality is they haven't played any football, like you said. Monday was the first time, and, you know, nine months for most of them, and if, if, unless you're Ben, that's a year. So... I think they're still trying to work through their conditioning and get and getting themselves into shape. But I think, you know, as long as they, you know, execute their game plan and whatever that game plan is, I'm not going to pretend like I know what it is. I'm just offering my opinions. Um, they should, they're the better team. They should come out with a win. And, and it, it might be close early on, but you should see something similar to Monday night where the Steelers end up winning by 10 plus points. Yeah, possibly. You know, about the whole playing down situation, it's interesting, and I've had a lot of conversations about this with Steelers fans this week. And, you know, the biggest thing that I stressed was that was the best they had looked on an opening day in four or five years. Since, like, they had played Cleveland at home. I think that was four years ago. Oh, no, 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 and- no, 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 no. I was there. You talking about the game where they went up, like, 27-3? to three? Yes. Well, they came back, and it was 27-something, and – I, I understand that, but, like, you know, the offense, like, okay, and then they played Cleveland again, and then they played New England or whatever it was, and they just, I mean, it their offense was stuck in No, I, I got you. Yeah, and so, from the standpoint, I think because of how you, two situations really, really make this different. COVID makes this different, and Ben's situation makes this different. Ben has the urgency of, you know, wanting to shake the rust off because he hadn't played in a year. COVID, you know, thing is you can't just go through the motions in the preseason and then gradually ramp up. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, I'll say anxiety, you know, to get the season off rolling offensively. And the defense, I mean, honestly, outside of that one drive, you know, where they kept everything in one of them and eventually forced a turnover, which is what you, you want that defense to do, you know, they nothing looked lackadaisical. I mean, nothing. You know, so I don't – it's there's oh, there's going to be a game this year where we're going to talk about it afterwards, and it's just something's going to be stupid. It's probably going to be against Jacksonville because that's right. just how this shit happens, you know. And it's just 
you know, we'll be shaking our heads afterwards and, you know, we're kind of used to that. But yes, they have the ta- they have the more talented team, but at the same time, you know, you get it. Denver gets a turnover too, unfortunately. And, you know, it's a different ball game. So, you know, I, I, I don't think that'll be the case, but you know, we'll see. I, I expect the defense this week to get two or three turnovers again and to have some pressures and sacks, you know, just because it is a young and unexperienced quarterback. So, no, and I, and I think that, and I think we we talk about that's our expectation for the defense on a weekly basis. It doesn't matter who they're playing, sure, but especially a young a young quarterback, a, a questionable offensive line. Um, you you expect them to, uh, you know, to fire on all, all cylinders, and yeah. you know, for Ben and the offense, like I said, um, it looks like James Conner's going to go. Um, I'm not in the I'm not getting into the conversation of who needs to start. I think the reality is, and you know, I think Mike Tomlin. His I think he's going to be down. I think he knows that he needs to, and whether he doesn't, I, I, whether he, what he, knowing it and actually doing it are going to be two different things. I think Mike Tomlin knows that the best course of action or the best chance, the, what gives them the best chance to win is absolutely you play James Conner if he's healthy, but you you don't need to quote unquote make him the bell cow. He's not Le'Veon Bell. And even no, in twenty that's... and even in twenty eighteen when he was having a really good year um before he got hurt. Um yes, was that was he was he showing that he could be a number one back? Absolutely. But the problem is he just can't stay healthy. And so he doesn't it's... need you don't need to have need him to be in the Le'Veon Bell conversation or the Zeke Elliott or the Nick no, Chubb co- no. if you would like to have James Conner healthy for the stretch run. And you can throw Connor, uh, Benny Snell, at, or you know, at them. And if maybe if Anthony McFarland, by the time you know that stretch run comes out, maybe he has a role of some sort. Switching up the the, the your personality on, on a defense throughout a game, you know, you bring in a guy like Benny Snell, who is a physical runner. You got James Connor, who can do a little bit of everything, catch the ball. Uh, he can be physical. He can get around you. You got McFarland with the speed, right? So. I think he knows that it, it it behooves him to, you know, realizing the situation with Connor that he can't really stay healthy, that he has to just mix it up. And again, whether he does it, I don't know because it's he remains to be seen. He has yet to do it, so I don't know. Does he? Because it, you know, I don't criticize my talent a lot, but it's BS to say something like that in 2020. I mean, with the running back position the way it is, who the hell cares what the bell cow running back is? All right, you're. You have four running backs on the roster for a reason, all right? Rotate them. I don't – you You can have a primary guy, sure, that runs with the first team and, you know, is your starter and everything, but you don't need to run guys 30 times or 25 times a game, especially with when you're dealing with a guy like Connor. And I don't want to wear out Benny Snell any earlier than I have to. I want to have my entire complement of running backs unless something happens. Like, it's just the bell cow running back. That sounds like you're in the 1990s and you're running the ball every – three downs like what is this big 10 football that's a bs statement all right honestly it's it's borderline inappropriate for him to say it's dumb it's dumb i mean it honestly it pissed me off i mean i think i think we i think we now know that well, um, seriously they're like bell, bell cow running back what you have very you have two very good running backs that are capable of one and two and then you have a rookie that you haven't seen yet so get him in there and then you have a eh, running back that can take some carries and you know Take five to seven carries a game. That's fine. That's a that's a recipe for success. It's yeah. as, as bruising I, as his position is. I I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, you know, I'm but I can't deny that it was nice to have Le'Veon Bell 
kind of tote the load. And I'm not, and but th- that only comes when you have a but guy he like doesn't run himself. like James Conner does. James Conner's like, there's a brick wall, I am gonna run as fast as I can to break this thing open. That's how James Conner runs, and that's how he chooses to run, and that's fine. All right, but he is trying to sm- he's trying to kick the crap out of you when he's running over. He ain't worried about the hole, he's worried about. But that's, but that's how Benny Snell is. I mean, Benny Snell drops nope. the weight, and he's, got, he, he's going through. I mean, he's – but I think he is learning, and Le'Veon Bell learned, too, you can't just run over everybody in this league to quote the Remember the Titans. And every time you do, right. you, you, <laughs> you leave someone when right. your team has to dry. I'm saying what they're learning is it's okay to not necessarily – you know, you definitely you, – you love to see a running back or receiver finish a play, finish the run, finish the uh, the catch – and, and go th- and run through somebody. But at the same time, it's okay to preserve your body for the long haul. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. So you don't want to just sit there and keep trying to impose your will on somebody on a consistent, consistent basis. That's very important to impose your will on a team, but that doesn't mean you have to try to run over everybody on every single snap. It's okay to run out of bounds. Or it's okay to get – there was a play where someone had Benny Snell by the ankles, and I think the safety was coming over to clean him up, and he put his head so far down and got on the ground before he can really get – um, another shot up top, and I think that's just another example of just trying to take, that's smart, and, right? And just to be smart, and I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just, like I said, I just don't know if Mike's going to do it. He's when's the last time you had a running back by committee when we had Jonathan Dwyer? Well, we had Jonathan Dwyer, and we had Isaac Red. Even he tried to run the heck out of Isaac Redman, you know. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, this ain't working. <laughs> well, and you know, another thing, just to wrap this up, if if you rewatch the Giants game. And the the holes were not there for Connor early, especially. I'm I'm not gonna put this on Connor, but Benny Snell is okay finding the hole, going you know getting there, and then once he kind of realized it, like you said, he's he's still like diving forward. I mean, he's not falling back or sliding or any other thing obnoxious, but he's like he's finding where to go. He's like, okay, if I can pick up a yard here and not get my head ripped off, I will. James Connor is just like, listen, there's no hole. I'm just gonna. You know, like a, a square peg in a round hole, man. It's just pounding forward. It's like, dude, maybe this is a reason. I know you are built like a brick shit house, okay, because we've seen the Instagram photos, but that don't matter. All right. You're not going through a 300 pound offensive tackle. So, I mean, change it. Well, I, I mean, I think a lot of Steelers Nation would say that they hope that they do a committee kind of approach. And I, I would like to see McFarland get some snaps. I want to I see would the love speed. that. I, will, I want to see the speed, you know. Um, but, you know, that remains to be seen. Uh, Vince, let's give our predictions for Sunday's game, 1 o'clock, Heinz Field, uh, Steelers-Broncos. Who do you like? Um, and give me your score. I like the Steelers. Let me write these down so I can tweet them on Monday. So I'm not – Not Monday. Can you tweet them on Monday? Sorry. I was uh, on the wrong day. So I'm not wavering from my pick. All right, they're going to have three touchdowns and three field goals, so that's 27. I think 27 is going to be my number this year. Uh, 27, and I can see the, the Broncos getting in at least once. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go the same score. 27-17, I think. Yeah, Steelers. 27-17. I will go 30 um, to 16. That's hit three field goals then. Yeah. 30 to, or 30, go for two twice. Yeah, 30 to 16 Steelers. Um. I just think, you know, Ben got some confidence. I think their offense is going to continue to get better. I'm excited for the young playmaker. I got to be honest with you uh, in terms of the receivers. And I think they'll – I mean, I mean, I say this. And I shouldn't say think. I hope they figure out what they're doing with the tight ends. Let's get Ebron involved. 
Um, and if he's being anyway. doubled, and if he's being doubled because they know he's a he's a threat in the red zone and third downs, that's just going to open up somebody else. And guys like James Washington, who I think is going to really be an unsung hero this year, that really no one cares to really talk about because he doesn't really say much, he doesn't really do much except for run through people at the goal line. Um, you know, you got Deontay, Juju, Claypool makes the flashy, and J- and James Washington's the lunch pail guy. I'm going to come in and, and I'm going to make contested catches, third down catches. I'm going to go over top of somebody, leap over him, and I'm going to run through somebody. So I think he's going to have a good good overall season. And, and you know, look out for him on Sunday, um, who should have some one-on-one opportunities to make some plays. So we're both on I, the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, go ahead. I, just like <laughs> Dublin, I can't – if I'm a defense coordinator, I'm like, dang, who, who do I got to worry about? Well, I'm going to double Ebron. I'm like, no. Well, no, I know. But I'm just saying in certain situations, he gets doubled. Red zone. Um, maybe I, I gotta see it first. I mean, especially with his. I, get, I bet you, if you put that Giants tape on in the when they were, when they were in the red zone, I guarantee you'll see some times that he was doubled. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. He's too fast for a linebacker, um, and probably a safety for that matter. And he's too well, athletic. That, based off that information, he should be getting a ball every other play. Seriously. Well, we'll see. I'm just saying. Well, that's you know. But uh, so we're all on the Steelers, as they would say on the pregame shows. I'm going five and zero. I'm telling you, I, I told you that last night. Oh jeez, you just put that on public on for everyone to know now. That's so. fine. That's fine. Call it out. Let's go. Look at the schedule. What we're, fo- we're, we're focused on. We're, we're on to Denver. We're focused on Denver. I mean, yes, we're fans. We can look at the schedule ahead, but we're on Denver. Um, and I'm just, I'm just grateful that we have football at, at, at all together. So. I'm going to enjoy this Sunday. I'm going to enjoy all the games, um, even though the Steelers will be playing while all the other games are on. We'll be watching, thing, and then we'll hopefully be getting. To, we'll hopefully get to watch the Baltimore Houston game at four uh, off of the W. Um, I don't think that's going to be worth watching personally. I don't really biased. either. I don't really either. Um, I don't I like think Bill O'Brien. No, I think Houston better get ready to be on three. Ooh, yikes. Um. Vince, anything else before we close out the show? Um, I'm not going to promote TikTok right now because I don't know what's going on about it. <laughs> so we are on Twitter. You know, we're, we tweet a lot after the games, obviously. Um, it's hard for us to tweet. It's hard for us to think during the games. So we apologize for that. Um, but, you know, we have a good wrap-up session. You know, I usually go through – uh, the the game book afterwards kind of point out some stuff that we may or may not have thought about in the podcast. Um, and then I usually post a few highlights of the touchdown. So if you're on Twitter and you want to follow more Steelers stuff because you can't get enough Steelers stuff, follow us at uh, Steelers Devoted. Um, and yeah, have a fantastic weekend and go Steelers on Monday. Or sorry, Sunday. Vince, you got your days mixed up. That's the second time it's happened. We play one Monday night game. This guy thinks we play on Monday every week. Oh, Anyways. For Vince, I am Dimitri. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully the Steelers come out with a win, and we'll talk to you shortly thereafter the game. Go Steelers.